prayer. Father God, uh, we just thank you so much for the privilege of being in your presence today, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you have visited us in such a mighty way. And and Father God, we just ask a blessing and anointing on your word. Uh, May it speak to our hearts, Father God, and and may we respond uh, appropriately in Jesus' name. Amen. And Bibles look a lot different than they used to, huh? I'm going to start in Joel 2. I'm going to be moving along quickly today. Hope, hope this uh, Wi Fi cooperates. 2 verse 12. And it's, it's interesting what God has me speaking. Uh, I want to talk to you today about perspective. Uh, perspective is defined as a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something, a point of view. I want to talk to you today about your God perspective. Lisa said, well, the past couple of weeks, I mean, she's really been driving home the heart of God toward us, you know, really expanding our vision of him and, 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 and not allowing us to taint or warp or, or ruin that vision of him in our hearts, but, but, but to see him for who he is and how he regards us and loves us. Amen. But sometimes our perspective can run amok. Our perspective can be warped to the point that we can't see the forest for the trees. We can't see God for who he really is. And it causes the old heart to crust up a little bit and, 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 and makes us not as open for what God wants to do in our lives. Amen? Joel 2 verse 12 is... I'm reading NIV. It says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Say gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger. Abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Now, I just wanted to focus on that. Even though we're saved, even though we're walking with the Lord, that doesn't mean we're always getting it right. Amen? We're continually walking with him and we're continually needing to to recalibrate, to assess where we're at. And over and over again, continually, if we're doing it right, we're repenting. We're, we, we find ourselves run astray and we need to come back to the Lord. He's not mad at us. He says, come on, baby, come on, come on. I'm slow to anger. I love you. I'm full of grace, compassion. Come to me. Now, he said, don't rend your garments. Rend your heart. 
Open that up to me. I'm not necessarily looking for actions as much as I'm looking for a change in heart attitude. A change in direction. A change in perspective. What is your perspective of God today? These are sort of rhetorical, but not really. I'm not asking you to answer those. I'm asking you to reflect on what is your perspective of God today? Is it different than it was last year? Three, five, ten years ago? And if it is different, is it a good different? Or is it the other kind? I kind of want to address the other kind today. The perspective of God that's been transformed and shaped by disappointments and unfilled expectations. Now the other kind of perspective doesn't prevent us from enjoying a good word or spirit-led worship. And we have beautiful, wonderful spirit-led, spirit-led worship in here. It doesn't prevent us from enjoying that from time to time because that's not how it works. But it does prevent us from delighting in his word and meditating Therein, day and night. It does prevent us from doing what Paul said when he said, rejoice in the Lord at all times. And again, I say, rejoice. Are you rejoicing today? It does at times cause us to forget that every good and perfect gift comes from God above and that God is good. perspective it also causes us to trade in the truth that God is faithful righteous and just in exchange for that's not fair I wish one of my one of my girls here could they'll tell you when they when they drop the it's not fair they can tell you what comes out of my mouth The fair comes once a year. It's a place where they judge pigs and sell all kind of fried stuff with chocolate on it. That's fair in my house. (laughs) You know, we can... We could waste a lot of time trying to seek what's fair. And, and, and God never said he'd be fair, but he's righteous. He's faithful. He's true. He's just. And we see through, we see through a glass darkly. We don't always see the big picture. And so it may, when in our narrow view, what seems to be unfair is when it comes to God isn't fair at all. But the issue isn't, is it fair? Is it just? And really, the issue isn't even that. The issue is, do I trust my God? Perspective. You know, in Isaiah 6, 
a very familiar passage. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah 6, first seven verses, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him was seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the sound of their voices, uh, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Here comes a perspective change. All right, when he saw the Lord, woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. God is good all the time. All right. Got a little bonus. Appreciate that. That's why I believe it is so awesome that we're having the events that we're having. The women's conference, the men's. We get a chance. You know, any time you get invited to to, to come and press in, to come and seek his face, to come and sanctify, separate yourself, set yourself apart for the purpose of entering into his presence. There's an opportunity for an encounter, a life-transforming, life-changing encounter with the Lord that we dare not miss. Isaiah had one of these. And it changed and whoa. Now that before he said whoa, he was living and behaving in a way that was acceptable with the crowd. He walking that daily. Unclean lips, unclean this, unclean that. Didn't bother him at all. That was the norm. That was life as he knew it. But when he encountered the Lord. All of a sudden, the veil got pulled back on it. And all of a sudden, he's like, whoa! Such holiness. God is awesome. I'm a man of unclean lips. I need I need the Lord. I, I, I need more of him. I, I, I've not been right with him. I need to get things right. I need to draw closer to him. And allow him to do the transforming work in my life. Does that make sense? Remember when? How many of you remember what it felt like when you got your first new car? How many of you ever had a new car? You practically signed your life away, didn't you? You just committed to sacrificing a significant portion of your paycheck for the next five years to buy the thing. You were going to have insurance premiums as long as you had the vehicle. You were going to fill it with gas every week or two, not to mention maintenance and repair costs. 
But when you were handed those keys and sat in the driver's seat of your car and took in a humongous whiff of that new car smell, all that mattered was it was yours. Right? All that other stuff you deal with it when the times come, but for right now, it's mine. Think back to when your relationship with the Lord was so fresh, it still had that new car smell. When it didn't matter what you did or didn't have, Back when you didn't even know you could believe God for the desires of your heart. All you knew was that you had Jesus. All you knew was blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, purchased of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my savior. This is my song. Hallelujah. This is my story, I'm sorry. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Amen? Still had that new car smell. Oh God, I remember the days when I measured success by obedience to your word and to the inner witness and promptings of your Holy Spirit. I've fallen into the trap of measuring success by how things appear to me. How they appear, how they seem. I repent, oh God. Because I know you're better than that. You're better than I allowed my heart to think towards you. Lord, when did I start rationalizing away your promptings? When did I start justifying? Yeah, I'm preaching to myself. When did I start justifying unbelief and disobedience? I implore you today to remember when it was enough to know that Jesus was your portion. Now let me pose this question. Are you still satisfied and content with Jesus as your portion? Or do you require something more than him 
in order to be satisfied and content. I, 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 I'm not trying to condemn. I'm posing, I'm posing questions. You know, uh, and, and I don't even, I'm not necessarily coming to you with answers today. I'm not here to make any promises. I'm not here to give five steps to victory. I'm here today to make an appeal to your heart. I'm here today to cause you to reflect, repent if necessary, and respond in faith. And that's between you and God. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. If you go there with me real quick and we're getting ready to, uh, to wind down. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read a couple of uh, different passages in Philippians, both because I believe Paul reflects the very heart that we're talking about here today. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. What is more... I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Say surpassing worth. Say it again, passing worth. Surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything that was of value to him. And some of those had to include uh, uh, visions, expectations, uh, some of those things had to include all the things that he ever wanted in life. What he thought would be the pinnacle of life for him, he gave it all up and counted as lost for the surpassing. Hallelujah. Surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And I want you to go to Philippians 1, verse 12. And then I'll wrap it up. Okay. I'm going to read, the passage I read is going to be longer than that, but you can go with me. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. So Paul has, he's suffering consequences for, uh, for serving the Lord, uh, advancing the gospel. He's, uh, he, he's in chains. He's behind bars. What has happened to me is actually served to advance the gospel perspective. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else. It's not just clear to him. The very people who are charged with keeping him in prison. The very ones who are charged with him. And everyone else surrounding him. They recognize 
that he's there in service to the Lord. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now, this is a guy who could be upset, frustrated. You know, he could have a little attitude toward the Lord. But through it all, he's having a kingdom perspective. He's seeing how what he is going through, you know, how it's advancing the kingdom, how it's encouraging brothers and sisters to share the gospel without fear of consequences. And because of my change, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? Man, I, I'm not there. Uh but I desire to be. And I believe that should be the desire of us all, that this man's perspective, he's not, he didn't turn a negative perspective back at the Lord. He's not, he's not having a pity party. He's looking at, okay, all right, I said I wanted to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Okay, I'm sure fellowshipping right now. I'm sure I'm fellowshipping with him in these sufferings right now. We're fellowshipping. But I see what it's producing. And so what I'll say is praise God that I can identify with him in his sufferings for the purpose of advancing the kingdom. Um, he said, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. It's not about me. It's about is he being honored? Is he being exalted? Is he being glorified? Is the gospel being advanced? Are lives being transformed? The, the things are difficult for me right now, and I'm really going through it. But I see what God is doing in the process. And for him, and for that, I will praise him nonetheless. Amen. Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. So he's committed to it. You know what? Uh, I may stay here a while. I may suffer something else tomorrow or the day after that. I may, this thing may last a while, but you know what? 
I've decided in my heart my perspective is not going to change. My perspective is a kingdom perspective. My perspective is that, is that he be exalted, that he be high and lifted up. And, and, and I'm going to rejoice whenever that happens. And I'm going to continue to. And I'm not going to be beat down by the circumstances of life. I'm not going to let the circumstances lie to me. I'm not going to let these lying demons come in and speak to my heart and try to turn me away from my love and fervor for him. I'm committed to my God. I'm committed to the advancement of his kingdom, even if that means some seasonal setbacks for me. Even if it means I'm not comfortable. Even if it means I'm hurting. I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. And he's not talking necessarily, it doesn't mean necessarily, he's not saying I know what's going on here. It's going to get me out of this prison. No, no, it's, it's deeper than that. You know, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Lord, I just want the courage to be able to stand for you. If I never make it out of this prison alive, I want the courage to not be ashamed, to stand and be a strong and powerful witness for you. If I, if this situation lasts forever, now I don't believe it's going to, but I'm making a declaration in the Lord that if it does last for the rest of my days, I'm going to continue to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to cross the finish line. And Lord, just give me the courage to, to, to not embarrass myself. <laughs> give me the courage. <laughs> give me the courage to stand strong, Father, and, and, and exalt you in a manner that's worthy of you. That, that you're worthy of. By life or death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen. Hallelujah. In record time, I'm done. But I wanted, you know, I wanted, I wanted to encourage you, you know, and challenge you, to be honest with you. Trust me, I'm not up here on the mountaintop acting like I got it together and you all need this. All right. This is God speaking to me. This is me realizing I need this. It pricked my heart. And, and, and God's using me to allow his heart, what's on his heart, to flow through my heart and hopefully into yours. Because he said it to us himself. It wasn't going to be easy, you know. The, uh, the, the walking with the Lord 
You know, yeah, his yoke is easy and his burden and light is, is light. But you know what? In this world, you will face trials and tribulations. You know, there is an enemy that's going to oppose you. Now you have victory. You try, you can triumph in him because of the victory that Christ won for you, but you've got to battle and you've got to steal your mind and decide that, you know what? I'm going to let God be true and everyone else a liar. I'm going to let God be true and what the circumstances are trying to tell me be a liar. I'm going to let God be true and let the, my emotions and feelings that are in a turmoil be a liar. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to not, not do anything special. I just want you to close your eyes and I just want you to reflect. I know this was kind of quick, but I just trust that God pricked your heart with whatever it needed to be pricked with. Something resonated. Something was impressed upon your heart. And you may have realized that in some way, Your God perspective has been clouded. Your God perspective has been tainted. To the point that the new car smell is not there anymore. To the point that you're not all that sure how good God is or if he's for you or if he cares about you. And I want you to just take a moment to reflect. And it shouldn't take long. Uh, you were probably already being pricked as the message was going forward. God's probably already put something on your heart and you already know. What the issue is pertaining to you. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to encourage you right here, right now. Just give it to God and repent. Rend your heart. Like it said in Joel, rend your heart. Acknowledge before God that, 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 that negative perspective of Him, the sin of that wrong perspective toward Him that has caused you not to exalt Him in your heart and esteem Him and fear Him. That thing that caused you not to have that childlike awe and wonderment of him. 
that once used to be so prevalent. I'm going to ask you, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you do it quietly. Just wherever you are, act like it's just you and God. I want you to just give it to God uh, out, uh, out loud. You don't have to scream it, but I want you to go ahead and just declare to the Lord that you're repenting and, and, and that your perspective, your God perspective is going to be brought in line. Hallelujah. With what's true and what's right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Oh God, we repent. Oh God, I repent in Jesus' name. Oh God, my perspective of you has been so tainted. Your, my perspective of you, Father God, has been lacking in esteem, Father God, because of the failures, because of the, uh, because of the expectations that it had not been met, Father God. Because of the unanswered prayers and because of different situations and circumstances, Father God, I turned my attitude towards you, Father, and it caused me to cool on you. And it caused me to see you in a light that is not rooted in truth. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I just repent of that right now, Father God. I just give that up. I declare you holy. I declare you righteous. I declare you faithful. I declare you just. Hallelujah. I, I declare you good. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. I declare you, Father God, faithful and true. The lover of my soul. That even when you feel distant, I know you're still there. Oh God, we respond to you and I want to challenge you don't leave this here I want to challenge you. If the freshness, the new car smell of your relationship with the Lord has grown stale over the years, I, I want to encourage you, unlike your car, that can't be made new again. <laughs> you know, you can return to your first love. You can get the freshness back. That new car smell with your relationship with the Lord can be yours again. Where you delight in, in, in his word, you delight in every new revelation. Where you're not just putting in time to get the, you know, your daily scripture read, but you're delighting 
in his word. You are you are delighting in his presence. You are seeking his presence daily. You are pursuing him because you want more of him, just like you did when you were new with this, when you were a babe. And every time you open the Bible, it was like opening that first present on Christmas morning. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for the opportunity to minister to your people, share your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, oh God. Father, I thank you that you are challenging us in this way because the attitude of our hearts and our perspective affects everything about our walk with you. Our ability to have faith, our ability to trust you, our ability to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, our ability to love others as ourselves. Thank you for challenging us. in the attitude of our hearts. I thank you for your people, Father God, who have repented and are going to carry what happened here forward for the rest of their lives. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.